But like, honestly, what I want for you is to like guzzle your whole entire drink and be like, I don't know how much I weigh, but your son can't stop fucking me. <laughs> oh my God, she's on fire today. Be my <laughs> glass and a half is exactly what we all me too i do <laughs> i do it's cracking me up i know she is the best i was so fucking tired when she got over here i started to try to tell a story and it wasn't until the glass half of a glass of wine hit me that i was like oh okay now i can focus and tell this story but only because casey only because I didn't realize I was hungover. You were hungover? I or some I didn't sleep enough last night. It was like Birdie kept me up super late watching Heartstopper, I did the full see that. series. And then and then I had to wake up at six in the morning, 5:50 to be exact, because I haven't even gone into this, but, you know, it's just our air conditioner broke last summer and it was right as the weather was turning cooler. And like at the time as well, there was all the financial crunch happening for me. And I was like, we're just not even going to deal with this until next year. And so in April, we started to deal with our air conditioning situation. And um, it is now August and it's almost done. Wow. But it's, so it's, it's honestly hasn't been terrible, terrible because it really was only the bottom two floors of the townhouse that didn't have air conditioning and, you know, heat rises. And the most important thing is that you're cool when you sleep, I think. Yeah. So our air conditioning in the bedrooms on the top two floors was fine. But anyway, in order to change that out. They have to get a permit and a crane, a giant crane. And they craned the old unit off and craned the new unit up. And that was that at six in the morning. But I just felt like... Six in the morning. That's very brave. There was recently like a crane disaster in New York City. Did you see that? It looks like a Marvel movie. Of course, movie. of course. A different kind of crane, different kind of crane. I'm just going to yes, say that. true. But also, uh, they do it that early because the permit for the from the Department of whatever building here in New York, they want you done by rush hour. Right, you got to get out of there. Yeah, because we're on a, essentially like a, one, well, we're on a one-way street. Right. And, uh, and there's no room for cars to get around. So they're like, right. the sooner you can you can start at 6 a.m. and then get out, you have to be out by like 8. So, but the guy, the crane guy was gone by 7.30. That's amazing. That it's, it's amazing all in general. Like when we got the swim spa, they also, we also had to get a crane to lift it over the house. And that was like the whole neighborhood came out to watch that happen. They every everyone on the street. This was just this was just too early. I think I like thought last night. I was like, oh, I wonder if I have any friends who have like little kids that would want to come over at six in the morning and watch a crane. But no, that's too. It's early. ironic because that's the time that little kids like to get up. 
It is ironic. But I, I don't have any, but I also don't have any friends with little kids. So, you know. Oh my gosh. And oh, then, um, wait, by the way, except for the one that is at my house right now. I know. <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, can we say like the, we were going to get started a little early and then Busy was like, can you give me a few minutes? I said, I said, because- can you give me, I was like, can you give me 30? I was being coy too. I was like, I thought 30 was going to do it. Why did I think 30 was going to be? Well, it's because best friend Michelle happened. She's supposed to be out of town, but she came back in for the day unexpectedly. And then she's, was like, what are you doing? Free Can and I single? stop by? <laughs> and I think for a person that has like a baby and like a preschooler. Yeah. Being alone in New York City for a whole day must feel like that's the vacation of a life. It's a miracle. You know what I mean? It's, it's a miracle. Yes. yes. It's a miracle. So she came over. You guys had she, lunch. Now she's cleaning up in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> well, we tried to have lunch. I tried to order lunch. And my DoorDash did not arrive. And I was so bummed. And they just credited me the money. And I always hate that because I'm like, I don't want, I don't want the money. I want the food. Right. I already, I gave you this money. <sighs> it's okay for with food. For fo- and the food's not here. I want the food. <laughs> but we scrounged like little mice in my kitchen. And we made what I guess, as you pointed out before we started recording, would be considered a girl dinner now. Or, you know, <laughs> which I take such, I take such offense to, but also. It's so whatever goofy. By the way, everyone in my family eats girl dinner Constantly. Everyone loves a cracker and cold cut based dinner. Now I'm like looking. This guy was like, it was at your door. I'm like, no, it wasn't, dude. You're out of your fucking mind. Anyway, (sighs) I'm not getting into a fight with a door dasher. Please don't. Yeah, try not to. Girl dinner is just like, I think it's like coming out of the charcuterie craze. And now people are just making like small plates for themselves at home because who wants to cook a big dinner? And also like charcuterie is great, but you don't need to make a big platter. Like no. you're not having a party. So and that's so what, yes, we basically now had people like. Are calling that girl dinner, but that's bullshit. It's just like. I think it's bullshit. It's just delicious dinner. Yeah. I ha- we had we had wheat thins. Oh, we second had best ch- cracker. We had some cheese. And we had some deli turkey from my fridge. And you That's know what? Perfect. And some gray poupon. Grainy, obviously. Michelle said. Grainy. The fanciest <laughs> of all the mustards. <laughs> and we're thrilled. And a little sancerre. And listen, if that wasn't enough, I don't know whatever the, would be. It hit the spot, it seems like, on all counts. It from really the company did. To, the, to the food. To the to food. The and... And I'm excited to answer some viewer questions. Yes, this is this is like your episode, everyone. <sighs> kind of amazing. This, these are your questions that mm-hmm. you know, back when we first started doing the podcast back 100 years ago, we did A answer like we gave out advice as if we were qualified to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um although I, you I know, gotta be we're honest. Not professionals. I, I know, but who we're just like but if we're just going to follow the line of logic and reason. Right. Well, the thing we hear 
most frequently, I think, is that we, you got listening to you guys are, are, is like listening to my friends. I think we are friends. You guys are my best friends. Friends, 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 friends. Yeah. <laughs> so, so here's the deal. Who gives you advice in your life? Your Who's qualified to give you advice in your life? Your, your friends. friends. Your friends. You listen to your friends. You <laughs> listen to your friends. Now, we do want to say anything. We, I, we're not responsible. I, I don't know. If it doesn't work <laughs> we're out. We're not therapists. We're not We're not therapists. If it's not, if it's not, it's, if it's not, if the advice sucks, listen, I'm sorry. That's it. You know? I don't know. Do what you do when your friends give you sucky advice. Don't Just listen be like, to it. Mm. Yeah, it's not for, you know, it's not for her, right? Like, that's fine. But I am excited. Let's jump in. Guys, and thanks for listening. Thanks for submitting questions. If this is successful and you enjoy it, let us know and maybe we'll do it again. <laughs> we sure got a lot of questions. I don't think we're going to get to them all today. So, um, yeah, so we'll just get to as many as we can. And the first question is great. Busy, it comes to us from our friend Liz. Her question is, how can I be less of a cunt? Serious question. Mm. I am the problem and would love to be better, but I either have zero boundaries and feel taken advantage of or I commit the worst crime. Do or say something so cunty it makes others feel the way I do. And that's the big thing I'd like to avoid. Mm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What do you say to Liz? I say microdosing mushrooms, A. <laughs> Yeah, I think that helps. I say we're there's you got it. There's a two. There's a, well three pronged approach. If you also go with the microdosing mushrooms, if if you're like I can't microdose mushrooms because I'm that's not for me. Whatever, fine, that's fine. Highly recommend it. But if it's not for you, it's not for you. Then that would be the third prong. So let's go for the two prongs. The first prong. Is fucking therapy, baby. Yeah. You got to figure out what that pattern is that makes you turn that way. And it's probably from your childhood. And it was probably something that developed because of a need for it to protect you as a smaller person. But now you're no longer that smaller person. And it sounds like it's hurting you. So what you need to do is identify the why. Look at it. Examine it. And then really focus on trying to heal that piece, however you need to do it. And therapy yeah. will help you with that. Yeah. Identifying the points at which you're at, at, in your life at which you turned to that pattern, that defense mechanism, probably in its origin was protective of your little heart and soul. And now it's just a thing that you do by rote, which brings us to prong two. Fake it till you make it. Yeah. And you got to actively, you got to think the cunty thing and you got to do the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, that's good advice. So like three prongs. Yeah. You can take or leave the drug prong. <laughs> <laughs> but the one, the, but the two that are non-negotiable, if you really are committed to this, is therapy and faking it till you make it. Yeah. Liz, I'm kind of like, I, I am somewhat of a reformed cunt. Like, I think that it's a thing that I learned from my mom. She was super angry uh, a lot of the time. And 
I think that that's what I learned to be like very harsh and very judgmental. It wasn't until I met my husband and for whatever reason, he like saw something in me, but like he also kind of called me out on it. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What is like, what is with that response? Like that is way harsher than the situation calls for. And that was the first time anyone really said that to me, uh, which I felt so lucky because he obviously like valued me enough and trusted me enough that he could be like, hey, what are you so upset about? Why do you feel the need to be so mean? Um, And then I realized, oh shit, I've been walking around doing this my whole life probably and nobody's ever like really called me on it. So people have probably just been either walking away like with their feelings hurt or hating me, you know, um, which wasn't a great feeling to realize. Um, I I agree with Biz. Like, I think therapy's great. I think that faking it till you make it's great. One way to fake it till you make it, or maybe it's not even faking it. It's just take a beat before you respond. You don't have to say, as Busy was saying, you don't have to say the first thing that like leaps to your lip. You can just take a beat and think about what you want to say. And I think it also really helps to look at the person, look right at the person that you're talking to and like, look at them. They are a person too, just like you are. And they have feelings too. And they just came to you and they didn't talk to you in a cunty way. You know, sometimes people do. Sometimes Sometimes they do. And if they do, then I think like match that energy by all means, if you feel like it, you know, if it makes you if it makes you feel good or like Busy said, you can kind of like take a minute to think about. (laughs) Oh, I love you. She's getting kisses goodbye from best friend Michelle. Oh, I know it was the best lunch. Talk to you a million times. It was a really vintage lunch. It was really vintage. We would have eaten that one. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, except that we would have added those fig Newtons. <laughs> Bye, so nice to see you. Um, I love you, Em. <laughs> Sweet. The best. She's the best. The she best. She's the best. Um, yeah, so I think just looking at someone like, you know, sometimes even, like, I imagine someone as, like, a little kid. Like, you know, someone that really, like, pushes my buttons. I'm like, they were a little kid once, too. And, like, Right, but you whatever. don't want to be condescending. That's another right. form of cuntiness. Yes, that's true. That's true. But sometimes I'm like, whatever they're doing that, like, whatever they learned— that's pushing my buttons, they probably also learned when they were a little kid. And like, bottom line, the cuntiness, it's not productive. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, it's, all it does is make that person feel bad. It makes you feel bad about yourself, about the way you handle things. Sometimes, also, Liz, I just want to offer that sometimes thinking, what is it that I want or need in this situation right now? Yes. Like, and I know that's like you're like that's I don't have to, I don't have time to let that thought happen and then answer it in my head. You do, you it, do. It, 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 it'll be so fast. Like, what is it that I want or need in this situation, guys? <gasps> Liz, listen to the podcast. Do you remember when the thing happened with the rental car in L.A. for me, and I went cunt because. I was too tired. I was too depleted 
Oops, this is the fourth prong. I was too tired and depleted because it came, the thought came into my head, like, absolutely do not say the next thing that you're about to like, that you want right. to say. And I did it anyway. And that, that fourth prong, exhausted and depleted, you will return 100% of the time to the patterns that you are trying to break and the things that make you feel mm, icky. Like, you know, you don't want to be that person. You will return 100% of the time to that when you are exhausted and when you are depleted energetically speaking. Like things are not going well. You're having a hard time. Your boyfriend broke up with you. Your kids are being jerks, whatever it is. So like you have to be aware. It's like really about awareness, right? Yeah. Yeah. Always be aware. It may even be, Liz, you might even have like uh, a neurodivergent something happening. Like a lot of people that are neurodivergent are are very blunt and it comes across as being cunty. That's possible. Um, but it sounds like you have a great sense of humor. So I think that like you understand that this is something about yourself that you probably could change. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not like you're not... It's not like someone told you that you are this and you're deeply wounded about it and resistant to hearing. You have a sense of humor about it and you're saying it's something that you want to change. So I think that I have a lot of hope for you, Liz. Me too. I think that maybe you're you're not even as cunty as you think you are. Yeah. Sometimes that's the other thing. That's, yeah. Sometimes I think I'm being super cunty and then someone will tell me, like, oh, I thought you were like too nice. And then I'm like, oh. All right. Um, so maybe sometimes the the my inner cunt. I'm thinking of people that clutch their pearls over hearing the word cunt right now are probably just freaking out, but it's gonna be okay. We'll be done soon. Sometimes my my inner cunt voice, what I'm thinking is very harsh, and what I have learned to say now is like a little milder, but I still think that I was as harsh as I was in my mind. So that's a good thing, too. You can just ask people, or you know, or you can even say, like, I'm struggling to find a way to say this because I don't. I, I want to, you know, make sure that I'm not making you feel bad, but the truth is this. You know what I mean? Like, without any extra salt or pepper on it. I think there's a lot of ways to go, but I have a lot of hope for you, Liz. As do I. Oh, <laughs> uh, Wild Green, listen. Still summer. Summer's in full swing still. It's still cookout season. We still have some cookouts to go, guys. Dinner parties. And I want you to always be ready with a freezer full of fresh, ready-to-bake, delicious options from You Know We Love Them Wild Grain. We know we love them. There's nothing quite like the smell of uh, fresh-baked bread coming out of your oven. What if I told you you could get all of the delicious bread and spend less time in the kitchen? You don't have to worry about keeping some yeast or whatever it's called, starter thing but but alive (laughs) I killed mine in a day and a half during that lockdown I mean I was not prepared for that and enter wild grain thank god you can you know wild grain 
is bake from frozen sourdough breads, fresh pastas, artisanal pastries delivered right to your door. It's the first ever bake from frozen subscription box for breads and pastas and pastries. And unlike supermarket bread, Wild Grain uses a slow fermentation process that's actually very much easier on your belly, lower in sugar, rich in nutrients and antioxidants. I got to tell you something. You know, we talk about I have stomach problems. I do not have stomach problems when I'm eating my Wild Grain. So there's something to it. I'm telling you. Every item bakes from frozen in 25 minutes or less. And the best thing, we love the pasta in my house because, you know, Cricket's a very picky eater and she just likes pasta, mostly. I mean, we try other things, guys. We can't get into it in this ad. But that pasta, I feel like good about giving it to her. And it's like five minutes. It cooks in like five minutes because it's fresh pasta, but it's frozen. You just throw it in. So sometimes when I'm being a bad mom and I forget that I need to feed my children, um, (laughs) that pasta is... The move. I love it. Plus, there's a new option large box with 12 items in it, which is perfect if you've got a bigger family or if you're having people coming to visit for a long weekend. And you never run the risk of getting bored with Wild Grain. They are always adding new seasonal limited time special items to add to your box. Plus, for every new member, Wild Grain donates six meals to the Greater Boston Food Bank, which I love, you know. So you can eat good and do good at the same time. All you have to do is sign up at wildgrain.com slash busy. You choose which type of box you want to receive and how often. And it's so easy to reschedule or skip or cancel. You know, we were traveling so much. I've had mine on hold. So, you know, I've I've just skipped two of my deliveries this summer. But now we're going to get back on the train. I'm so excited. And I want you to try it, too. As you know, we're getting also like thinking about back to school. I mean, how nice is that? Like your kids, like you, you like wake up and you make your kids a little fresh croissant in the morning. Come on. A warm croissant to send them out the door to school. You're going to be like mom of the year, dad of the year, person of the year. I don't know. Plus for a limited time, you can get $30 off your first box. Plus free croissants in every box when you go to wildgrain.com slash busy to start your subscription. You heard me. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash busy. That's wildgrain.com slash busy or you can use promo code busy at the checkout. Wildgrain, we love you. Okay, here's the deal. Things change as you get older. I just, I'm being... (laughs) Lots of things change. Things change as we age. Things change not because of aging. Things change because of stress or genetics or just life or whatever. And um, hair changes can happen due to any number of things. Lifestyle, biology, again, age, perio, meno, just life. No matter what the root cause of your hair concerns, Nutrafol meets you exactly where you are. They have science-backed formulas tailored to your needs. But here's the thing. The hair care products that you use can make or break your hair health. So obviously overwashing, color treating, which I do. Casey does too. Heat styling, also do. Product usage, it can clog up your scalp's pores and cause dryness, which leads to a very poor environment for hair growth. Enter 
Nutrafol's hair growth supplements, which target the root causes of thinning hair from within. And then now Nutrafol's scalp care formulas help to create a healthy environment for improved hair quality. It's like the one-two punch guys for thicker, fuller hair. Because similar to like the skin on our faces, when your scalp is unbalanced or not cared for regularly with the right products, it becomes clogged and dried and irritated. And then that's not the best environment for natural hair growth and for the best, you know, thickest, best hair to grow. So they have shampoo, a scalp mask and scalp essence. They're all gentle and very effective and work to exfoliate and purify and balance the scalp for improved hair health. Also, you know it's important to me. You've heard me talk about it if you listen to these ads, guys. But they're sulfate and silicone-free shampoo and conditioners. They're shower essentials designed to cleanse the scalp without stripping and defend your strands for stronger, more voluminous hair. Nutrafol's physician-formulated scalp hair care products are clinically shown to balance the scalp and visibly improve your hair health and strength in Two weeks, two weeks, zero fragrance, like it's all natural, zero parabens and ingredients that are color and extension safe. So if you are coloring your hair like me, or if you have extensions, which I don't, but if you do, it's all safe for that. Plus the supplements you think about as the foundation for healthy hair growth, the scalp care products create the best environment for your hair to thrive. So it's a simple daily routine. These formulas set up your hair, your scalp for the healthiest hair that you're going to have in your life. Even if you're like, I don't know what's happening in the last year, which is what I was feeling like. And now let me tell you, I love it. Take the first step toward improved hair and scalp health. Now for a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our U.S. listeners $10 off your first scalp care order when you go to Nutrafol.com slash scalp and enter promo code BUSY. Find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L dot com slash scalp. And enter promo code BUSY for $10 off your first scalp care order. This is available only to U.S. customers for a limited time. That's Nutrafol.com slash scalp promo code busy for $10 off your first scalp care order. Get into it. Get that healthy hair. Should we take another question? Take another question. Okay. This is from Lisa K. And she asks or says, I would love advice in psyching yourself up for meetings or situations when you are feeling less than. All right. For me, it comes down to music, babe. And a playlist, a, a playlist, but also like your. Uh, see, I don't know where they live. Does it say where she lives? No, because I don't know if she's in a car or not. Like, if you're in public transportation, you have to do this at home. The best thing that I've always found is to do the psych up in the car on the way there. For me personally, you're gonna have to experiment. But for me personally, it involves a lot of screaming. <laughs> Not at any, I'm not screaming anything. I just have to scream and I play loud music and I like dance it out, get the energy out, get the vibes out. You got to jump up and down a bunch. 
get some, just shake it out, shake it out, as Taylor Swift says. That's helpful for me. Casey? I think for me, it's a mantra that I have that like, you know, I always say stupider people than I have done this before. You're saying that you're feeling less than. You're not less than anyone. So, you know, you're you're going into a situation. You have to know that you're just as bright and just as talented as everyone that's there, that you're bringing your own things to the table. And that if you're meeting with people they see something in you that they want to talk about further. So already, like, you have a leg up. You, you're you getting in the meeting. So you just have to remember that, like, you belong there and you deserve to be there. And you're not less than. You're not less than anyone. And that they're lucky to have you. That's and then it. scream and jump up and down. Scream and jump up and down is so fun, too. Also, like, real talk, I mean, you're saying how to psych yourself up. Don't make the mistake of, like, over-caffeinating yourself or, you know, because that can really backfire on you. So just, you know. But if you accidentally do, it's okay. You just have to jump up and down (laughs) several times and wiggle your body before you go in. I'm telling you. Yeah. And have have to shake it out. You know, eat a little protein, make sure you're not going in there hungry, make sure you're hydrated, uh, all those things. But you deserve to be there. And you're you're gonna do great. All right. Next question is from Michelle. And she says, busy, but also think Casey's kid has it too. Apart from meds, which I already take, what has been the best trick or tool to help manage your ADHD? especially for dealing with loved ones who you inevitably piss off but don't mean to. Well, honey, a little bit. I'm like, that's on them. You know what I mean? (laughs) I'm serious. Like, they got to do their own work. Like, why is that so triggering? Why are they so upset? They're they're in your life. They're surrounded. You you know what I mean? They've got to, like, they have to have a level of acceptance for who you are. And if they don't, like, that's, that's on them, not you. And like a little bit, I mean, maybe this is a thing that you can offer to them. Like if there's, like for me, it's getting out of the house, right? Like it's comical. It has been my entire life exiting my house, any house that I'm exiting is a process. It's a fucking process. And it used to be a thing, I think, that Mark would get very upset about. And like, it was always a surprise. (laughs) And at a certain point, I was like, this feels like it's your problem now, not mine. Because I'm consistent. Like, and also, like, would you be mad at me if like, it was taking me a super long time because um, I had a deficit in another way. Like I was like, I broke my leg, let's right. say. And like my leg was broken and was in a cast. And I and I was like trying to get, it would take me longer, you know? I wouldn't be as fast getting out of the house. Would you be mad? Would you be mad at that? No, you'd be like, oh, well, that's outside of your control. You can't you couldn't help that you had that cast that you were dealing with and the and the leg 
So why can't we apply that logic to a thing that is obviously like diagnosed? It's real. It's not made up. It's not laziness. It's not you trying to annoy your partner or your family or those around you that love you. You're doing the fucking best you can with a broken leg, dude. And so I might offer that to them in a moment where you're not trying to do whatever the thing is, get out of the house, keep schedule straight. In a time where you're just like casually having like dinner or cooking or like hanging out or game night or whatever. And just saying like, I just want to bring this up because every time it happens, it stresses me out. It bums me out. I feel unworthy. I feel bad about myself. And the truth is like, I just have a broken leg forever. Like, I, <laughs> you know, like I just have this right. cast on and like, I'm trying to get around it. And sometimes I'm faster than other times or whatever it, the case may be. But I ask for your help in this because you're a part of it as well. Anyway, that's my advice. Yeah, I think it's really helpful to, as the person that like feels like you're the cause of some kind of conflict or whatever. One thing that I think that we see with particularly like ADD, ADHD, it seems like because a lot of the things to other people that are neurotypical just seem like bad habits or laziness or whatever, like choices, like bad choices that you're making because they, like people that don't have it, they literally can't understand it. I'm sure they believe that you have, well, no, sometimes people don't believe that it's a thing, right? Yeah, I think I've experienced that. I'm sure you've experienced that Mm -hmm. and and that really sucks. But like hopefully people Mm -hmm. in your own family know that you have it, know that you're diagnosed. That being said, (sighs) they might not have like done a deep dive on what the characteristics are or what the symptoms are. If they read a checklist of like ADD or ADHD symptoms, they would probably recognize you in that list. And I think sometimes learning like this is a thing that a lot of people with ADD struggle with. A lot of people with ADHD struggle with. It's Mm -hmm. pretty normal to struggle with like executive function or whatever. Then I think like all of a sudden the heat gets turned way down on like being upset about it because you're like, oh, Mm -hmm. okay, I see. It's like part of this isn't choices that a person is making to like inconvenience me. You know, I think you're like, I agree with what Busy's saying. I think you're looking for like a little compassion from these people um, and, you know, it sucks that it might be a little bit on you, I guess, to educate them on like what you're going through. But I think the more you share your experience and what it's like for you, if somebody loves you, they don't want to be pissed off at you all the time. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like nobody wants that. So like if you can educate them, if you're willing to, and you're able to educate them a little bit on what it's like for you, then maybe you can get to a place where they're like at least compassionate towards you and like maybe doing a couple things to like help you get it together when you need it, you know? Perfect. Great. (laughs) 
Um, next. Okay. N- next question is from Caitlin. It's a good question. Okay. How do I let go of the feeling of failure with my career pivot? I'm a fine artist trying to support myself with the sale of my fine art and freelance illustration work. Last fall, I was really struggling with feeling hopeful in my life, so I decided I needed a career pivot. I landed on pursuing interior design, and I started a program this fall for it, but I'm still feeling weighed down that I failed at my goal of being an exhibiting artist that sustains myself on solely art sales. Um, Caitlin, I I don't know that I know many artists that sustain themselves solely on their art sales. I mean, like, you know, I wasn't friends with uh, Van Gogh or anything, but... Jasper I, Johns, not a, not a close personal bestie. <laughs> I'm not really Jackson I'm, Pollock. I'm just, I was trying to think of like living artists and I'm like, yeah. Jasper Johns is the only one I can think of that's like... <laughs> His painting sold for $3 million or whatever. Yeah, I really, um, I, I can't think of many artists that I know that that's the only way that they sustain themselves, with the exception of like maybe one or two that are like trust fund children. Um, I'm going to be, I'm going to be very honest. Yeah. I do know some artists that sustain themselves with art. Um, and like, I would also offer this. You are not the sum of the things that you do, uh, the or the or the accolades that come your way because of art. And it's not why you make art. You make art to fill a fucking space. I hope and say a thing and put something into the world. And no one, especially not a career in interior design, can ever stop you from fucking doing that. And if the fact that you're not at a gallery or represented or showing at this moment in time is the thing that is that is weighing you down, you need to look at your ego and how that's involved in your art. And I'm sorry, that's fucking harsh. But let me tell you something. When my tennis pro, Gunner, started teaching me, he's like, I teach tennis to make money, but I'm a fine artist. I'm a fine artist. And I was like, great. Gunner, fucking love you. Let's play tennis. It was a skill he always had. So he was a tennis pro and he made a ton of money doing that. And he never has stopped doing his art. And he would put up shows at small coffee shops and had, you know, a show at his own studio that he had and was like, okay. Like, just like, this is who I, I make art, man. Like I fucking make art. And now... By the way, all these years later, he is represented at a gallery. And guess what? He's still a fucking tennis pro. (laughs) He's doing both. But I'm just saying, like, separate success from art. Because, girlfriends, that is never where it's at. Well, and you got to make money. Like, you separate success from finances as well. Right. That, of course. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. And I'm sorry if that sounds harsh. I just feel really strongly about this. Like, when it comes to any kind of art, like, some of the best actors I know have never made, have never qualified for health insurance. Right. In any union. Right. <laughs> like, and they're incredible actors. Yeah. And I don't know. I just am like, and and visual art is even so much more difficult to like sell enough to make it your living. Right. 
Right. When I started working for Rosie O'Donnell, I was her assistant and she, we ran into Colin Quinn and she introduced me to Colin Quinn and she said, this is Casey, she's a writer. And he was very nice. And then later I said, why did you say that I was a writer when I'm your assistant? And I knew that she knew that I aspired to be a writer, that that was the job that I aspired to. And she was like, well, assistant's what you do for a paycheck, but writing is what you do. I know you do it. I see you do it every day. That's what makes you a writer. That's it. You're a writer. And you need to start introducing yourself to people that way. And I was like, oh, that really shifted my mindset. And I've been lucky to be able to make a living sometimes being a writer, but not all the time. Not all the time. So I hope that helps. But also, like, I'm excited for your interior design career. That seems exciting and fun and artistic, too. And maybe you can slip some of your art into some of the designs that you do. I mean, I love interior design. I think it's so cool. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, good luck. some of your art, Caitlin. Yeah, you're going to be great. Okay, next question. don't stop making art is the point. Yeah, don't Don't stop making art. Don't stop. Believe in. <laughs> okay, the next question is another career question from Hannah. I'm feeling unsure about my career. I love what I do and the people I work with, but we have recently had a lot of upper management changes and uncertainty. Do you think it's worth sticking around to see if it gets better or run while I still can? Well, you can always run, Hannah. Like, there's no, you know, there's no time clock, there's no shot clock on running. You can stick around to see if it gets better if you want to, if you can handle it. You know, these are what these are the type of questions about jobs that where it's kind of hard to answer because like, you know, you just you don't know what's gonna happen. But that being said, I know plenty of people that have love, love, loved their jobs, loved their managers, and then they come in one day and the company's been sold and everyone's leaving. You know what I mean? So you just you can't you have to just weigh what you need in your life and where you are in your life. Do you have savings? Could you take time off if you didn't find another job right away? Um, Is there a job that isn't waiting in the wings for you? Exactly. Do you have the means to move somewhere else? If your next opportunity is somewhere else, do you want to live somewhere else? Um, Or like, you know, can you stick it out and see if things change for the better? I, I am always like, a big advocate for giving new regimes or new management um, a moment to get their feet under them and figure out the way things are. Because, like, at first it's hard. It's hard to know anyone. It's it's weird and, and people are resistant to change. And so, you know, I just feel like I'm always a big fan of giving it a minute because I think you'll know, like, when you know, it'll it'll occur to you whether things are moving in a positive direction or if they're staying the same or getting worse and, you know. But I listen, if it was me, here's what I would do, Hannah. I would stick it out because you're already there. You're already managing it. And, you know, start exploring other avenues because that's just smart to do at all times. See what's out there. See if anyone's hiring. See if the pay is comparable. And then if the time comes when you decide that you're ready to go and that you're done, then, you know, you'll have some irons in the fire and not be just taking a leap of faith. I think that's 
the right answer. <laughs> Busy, it's interesting whenever you get questions like this because, like, you have mostly worked on things that are temporary, you know? You're basically like a famous, oh, you know, 100%. A, a famous temp. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because, that's what acting is. Because but I've also, I've never worked in, I've never worked in like an office setting. I don't know. I don't, I have, I have like tangential feelings about, about it just also from friends and family and then like just being a person, like a human, but like, I, I don't know. It's hard for me to give advice. I'm like, I don't know. Oh, what does new management mean? <laughs> I have to say, I was so excited that my base, my new base bag, the overnighter showed up just in time for my little trip because it's a perfect little duffel and it is so cute and sleek and it's like the perfect thing to carry on to, especially like a long haul flight. Because, you know, I wanted to have like an extra pair of shoes. I wanted to have, you know, an, a, a change of clothing. I always have to bring a change of clothing for my children because you never know when like something's going to be spilled everywhere. Um, you've heard us talk about base, you guys. You know how much we love this luggage. Base was created by an actress, Shay Mitchell. She's my hero. We have to have her on the podcast. I'm sorry. I just want to because this is a pivot that I'm like, girl, I need to know everything. So many times I see brands or products that, you know, actors or personalities, celebrities come up with. And I'm like, what? What's the connection there? This makes so much sense to me. I've been traveling since I was literally 19 years old for this job all over the world. I've never been good at packing. You know this. If you follow me on Instagram, it is constantly the bane of my existence. My bags are always too heavy. And then here comes Shay Mitchell. And she's like, I want to make something sleek and affordable luggage and accessories that are designed to make you look cute as you're rolling through the airport. Cause you know, she's getting paparazzi. But, and, and they're, but they're like affordable and they, you can pack so much stuff into them. That's the thing that I'm like so obsessed with. Like the overnighter is my favorite bag and it's made from this, they call it an elevated nylon material guys, but it reminds me of like some of my favorite designer bags that I have, but it's perfect to pack for a one or two day trip, but it has like an adjustable padded strap, so many interior pockets so that everything stays organized and the classic trolley pass through, which is that the thing that you can put the handle for your rolly bag so that it doesn't like, I don't know if you have this experience, but I certainly have when I'm like, tr like rolling my bag through the airport and then the bag that's sitting on top of it, that's heavy. Cause I put my computer in it and it has like, you know, extra shoes in it, whatever just like flops off, but not with base, not with base, not with that little strap th that they call the classic trolley pass through you guys. I'm just telling you, Base is thought of everything you could ever want in a duffel bag with the new overnighter bag. It's also got vegan leather details. Emily Beebe is a fan. Metal feet on the bottom. It's just, <laughs> honestly, these are the best bags. It's also like, it's great for a quick work trip or, an, or a weekend away. It's also great to just take to the gym. It's great to just throw in your car with a bunch of stuff for the day. It's great to take to work. 
honestly, everywhere life takes you, the overnighter bag is your bag. And they're all so cute and chic. Whether you're packing for a quick trip or just looking to breeze through the security line or honestly, just like running around town, Base has you covered. Right now, Base is offering our listeners 15% off your first purchase by visiting basetravel.com slash best. Go to basetravel.com slash best for 15% off your first purchase. That's base travel, B-E-I-S, travel.com slash best. This podcast is sponsored by Mixers. Ooh, guys, you know, it's so funny <laughs> going through this again with Cricket. Like, you know, in health class, when you start to talk about, you know, when you're like in, in elementary school, middle school, whatever, and you start to talk about changes in your bodies. Did did they ever mention hormone imbalance? Mm, no, they didn't. They didn't. They didn't. Let's just be honest. They didn't. Well, when it comes to hormone health, the most beneficial supplements for any number of issues, we now have an answer for them. To put it simply, Mix Hers is a nutritional supplement that helps balance hormones from your first period to your first hot flash. Mix Hers will be there with you or your kids every step of the way. For people searching for PMS relief, Mix Hers created Her Time. It's the most enjoyable, effective, long-term solution on the market because the ingredients nourish the root cause of hormonal imbalance and eliminate the need for additional and costly PMS aids. Did you know that nutritional deficiency is the leading cause of hormonal imbalance? This is something I've noticed just anecdotally, like the months when I have been, ooh, how do I say this? Eating too much junk, sugar, uh, not taking as well like uh, the care, the care of myself nutritionally that I should, drinking too much. Those are always the months when I have the worst PMS. My boobs hurt. I'm in pain. I have cramps. I don't feel good. I have the I have the most mood swings, you know. But that's why her time delivers the exact nutrients that your hormones need to calm down and do their job and help you feel your best. Nutritional therapy only works when you nourish your body consistently over time. That's the deal. That's why her time is designed to be taken daily to give your body the ideal internal health. And in addition to balancing hormones, Mixers has a dozen products to support women's wellness, from pre and postnatal supplements to menopause support to libido boosters for sexual wellness. Mixers has the ideal supplement for every woman on earth. And all of the Mixers products are produced with 100% natural ingredients. They don't use any artificial flavors, colors, or added preservatives. And all of their products are gluten free. I am new to the Mixers universe, but I already have felt a difference. And I truly have struggled <laughs> with BMS my whole life. And I am thrilled already about the changes that I've felt. You've heard the buzz about Mixers, but this is your sign to give it a try. Mixers is giving 15% off site-wide for the month of August for their birthday sale, but you can get an additional $5 with code BEST. That's Mixers.com slash BEST. M-I-X-H-E-R-S dot com slash BEST. And use code BEST for an additional $5 off your first purchase. All right, the next question is from Boa, I think. Boa, that's an interesting name if that if I'm saying it right. Um 
Boa says, I'm a sensitive person raising a preteen daughter and finding it hard to separate my emotions from her. Sometimes she's in the midst of pretty big friendship changes, and I find myself trying to not feel what she feels. Basically, how do you raise a child without reliving your own childhood? I don't know. Do you? (laughs) It's true. I don't know. Do you? Or can you look at it as an opportunity to try to, like— be there for your kid in an appropriate adult way. And then on your own time, like figure out like, oh, why did that make me so upset? What was that? And then see if you can like heal it, you know? That's what I try to do with Birdie. Yeah. So hard. I get it. I get it. And like we've talked about it on the podcast too. Like it's hard for me on a couple levels. One, because of my trauma the age that she's been, you know? And the other piece is that it sometimes when Birdie starts fighting with me, I fully just feel like I have to work so insanely hard not to regress into my teenage brain. Yeah. As opposed to being her mother, you know? But it's not like, I just would like offer maybe have some grace for yourself. It's not easy. And like, you are, you know, you are a person too. Like, that's just a fact. And like, I I also think like being aware of not making everything about you as a mother with a teenage daughter is important, you know, in front of them at least. <laughs> <laughs> I do see. You know I do what I'm see, saying? Yes, I know what you're saying. I I have seen in my in my parenting times one mistake that I think sometimes parents fall into pretty easily. It used to just be sports dads, but now I see it just happening to everyone. Is that like sometimes parents try so hard to be an ally to their kid that they're basically like ganging up with the kid or do do you know what I mean? Like they're commiserating Mm -hmm. with the kids so hard about whatever it is that they're upset about. And it's Mm -hmm. like, suddenly it sounds like, like the mom and the kid are going to get in the car and go over to like some girl's house and like start some shit or whatever, you know, like that is, it's so easy to go down that road because it does, it makes you feel like, it makes you feel like you're right back when you were a kid again and that it mm-hmm. raises all these feelings and like you love your kid and you're on their team and on their side. Um, but sometimes it goes like it curdles a little bit into this thing where like, you know, like the, here's when it really bugs me. It bugs me when I hear a group of moms and they're basically like a gossiping about other kids that, you know, like, yeah, I'm sure you've heard this busy where like moms are like, so-and-so did that, you know, and it's really rough and, you know, I don't know. I'm not articulating more as myself. They get, <clears throat> no, I was going to say more as they get older. Like I definitely had like, there's also like a difference between trying to process things and like fully just gossiping about kids. Yes. Um, yeah. I always get very nervous when I hear moms. Yeah. And so talking about kids, you know, those are the moms that I think are really reliving like their teen years in not a healthy way. But I think like a healthier way to process things is to look at your kid and identify with them as much as you can and like really remember for a second what it felt like 
to be 15 or 16 or 17 and to feel like nobody understood what you were going through. Nobody felt feelings as big as you were feeling. Nobody cared about the way that you were feeling. And then, like, as Busy was so smartly saying before, like, it can be kind of an opportunity to maybe do things better than they had been done for you, if that was the case. You know what I mean? Like, if, say, for example, you had your heart broken when you were 15 and someone in your family told you you're just going to have to get over it. You know what I mean? And that really stuck with you. Like, this is a chance to not repeat that and to say, like, I remember what it feels like to have your heart broken. Here's what I wanted. Yeah. You know, but and also, then do that also, for your kid. So, <clears throat> I am going to say, don't tell them that you know what it's like because they will. No, they won't you believe you. It. Don't know what it's like, <laughs> and that's fair. That's yeah. fair. So yes. just just say that you're sorry because you or you know like what I've changed it to because I used to I used to be like I know exactly what you're going through and then I realized yeah. that wasn't helpful. Turns out, yeah. Um, <clears throat> my now I try to say are, some sort of version of like validating. Like yes. I can hear how painful, like, I'm so sorry, this is so painful. I hear how p- much pain you're in. I see how much pain you're in. What can oh, I do? God, what is can there I do? A- I'm so sorry. Is there sorry. anything I can do to help you feel better in this moment? And I know there's probably nothing, but like, what can I do? But I was going to say that my kids are over 20 now, and I think they just started believing me, like, when I ever say like, oh, yeah, that happened to me too when I was your age. Like, I think they just started being like, oh, that yeah, that makes sense. You're a human being. <laughs> so <laughs> don't pull it out until... <laughs> yeah, but if, is- you, if you try it too early, if you try it too early, your kid is going to shoot it down and then you've got, you add three years to the time <laughs> before they're able to admit that you're an, you're also a human. You're also a person. Because <gasps> we, I have to interrupt this very yes. important answering of these questions to just say that this thing popped up on <clears throat> my phone and I, or my computer and I had to click on it because here is the, Here's the headline. Adults in Boston are forming a 45-minute line for the cop slide in the middle of a work day. <laughs> I sent you the cop slide video, right? <laughs> but do you understand that people are leaving work? <laughs> <laughs> There's a long line of adults in suits and business attire at the playground just outside of the building. It was the middle of the workday. Not a child in sight. Just a crowd of adults gathered, chit-chatting, lining up to ride the long metallic slide that's become the latest Twitter main character du jour in recent days. <laughs> in case you don't know, in Boston, they installed a new playground that had a very uh, shiny, sparkly slide I, apparently quite steep and slick, and uh, <laughs> a video went viral of a police officer trying the slide. I don't know why. I don't know if he was like, I'm a police officer. It's I'm supposed to protect people. I better try this slide. Or if he was just fucking around or what. But he rockets down this slide and like shoots off the end of it and skids across the gravel 
and is cursed. It's he was listen, concussed. Regardless, he was of how literally you feel about concussed. Police, it's a hilarious video, but if you're a little salty about police, it's ten times more hilarious. I watched it a thousand times. And the, by the way, whoever's taking the video is also pissing themselves laughing. Uh, the the cop is very upset at the bottom of the slide. But the video went viral, and so now adults are gathering to try out the slide for themselves. I've seen a lot of videos of people uh, recording themselves going down the cop slide. <laughs> and it oh, is, my God. It's so New England. It's so, I mean, remember when Josh Gondelman was on, and we were just talking about, like, amusement parks in New England, where they're like, yes, don't die, you baby. You know, like, what are you, a big baby? Just don't die. Just be careful. <laughs> it's so. Like, also, it's just like, why was he going down the slide? Why is he going so fast? I've never How gone did down he a slide. Flip himself around like that. Oh, I think that was like centrifugal force. Like he almost <laughs> blew off the side of it. He's lucky he made it to the bottom. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. He almost. He almost lost it like so many times, and then he almost lost it so many times. It's crazy. But the slide is wild. It's such a. It's such a but New I England just, thing. It, and in I a love way, the kind idea. Of warms, of like grown-ups just going. Yeah. It kind of warms my heart that like in Massachusetts in 2023, they're still like, we're gonna put a fucking dangerous slide on that on that playground. <laughs> um they're like lawsuits yeah, I don't, be damned. I don't know. I wish it had been there when we were in Boston. I wish we could have visited fucking it. Fucking me a two. Slide down it for us, everyone. Oh, sorry, they- I, I had to take that break. I'm sorry. I just, I saw no, it. It popped up and I just, I was in. I was in it to win it. <laughs> Let's take a couple more questions. All right. Lauren says, I'm sorry if this is too personal. Never too personal, Lauren. I'm considering having a second Sometimes. baby. and just want your opinions uh-huh. on the one to two transition. I'm asking everyone. Uh, for me, I thought... Uh, it was, I thought that I turned insane. I felt like I ruined my older son's life. Uh, even though he loved the baby, um, like we we always said if we had any complaint, it was that Eli loved Lincoln too much. There was like no real rivalry between them. Um, but I just felt like he didn't even know yet that I had ruined his life by having this other baby because the baby just took all of our attention. And Eli was a kid that needed a lot of attention. Um, And then I went to like a pediatrician checkup and our doctor, Dr. Camille Senzamichi in New York City, we love her so much still to this day, uh, checked the baby, checked Eli, and then said to me, now, how are you doing? Are you standing over Eli's little bed every night and whispering, I'm so sorry that I did this to you. I'm so sorry that I had another, another baby. And I said, Yes, I am. And she said, everyone does that. That's how everyone feels. It'll get better and it's fine. Um, and it did get better and it was fine, but it's fucking hard. It's, you know, it is somehow more than double the work to add a second baby. And yet those second babies, <laughs> where would we be without those fucking angels sent from heaven? 
It's true. Those second babies. She says as a second baby. (laughs) (laughs) I'm okay. I sat next to these ladies. Mark and I went to dinner last night to still trying to work out some logistics, guys. We're just, we do it over fancy dinners in New York. That's how (laughs) we roll. Um, Because of, yeah, anyway. So many sirens all of a sudden. Can you hear them or are you okay? This is the cop slide. They're coming to get me. Anyway, um, we were sitting, we were sat next to these two lovely ladies, shout out ladies, last night at dinner. And we were chit-chatting a bit with them. The tables were very close to one another. I do feel like I need to look on the Citizen app, like what is (laughs) happening right now in this neighborhood? Because this feels like it's like happening on top of me. Like, is there something I need to know about? Okay, I'll check back in. What were we so you were about? sitting next to some ladies <laughs> at a table. Okay. We were sitting next to some ladies at a table and uh, we were chatting and they were very sweet and they're in their mid thirties and they were talking about how old they felt. And I was like, okay, love you. <laughs> and, but then at one point it became clear the girl, one woman was like, the one woman has a baby. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, I have to go on the balcony and see. Okay. They're screaming. My God. It's fucking insane. Wait, I want to text Michelle so she knows. She's not going to know. And she's like, well, she went to, oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. It's fucking crazy. I'm not that close. Sounds crazy. Well, I'm sure it's like breaking up and pouring out into the streets. I know, but I'm nervous about Jeannie, Jeannie Bobini. She's back at the townhouse. She'll be all right, right? Are you sure? Okay. Yeah. They're not going to, no one's going to break in and steal her during a riot. I think they want uh, video games, not expensive dogs. I also, um, we also have those. (laughs) 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 But Um, that's what they'll take. And then she'll just be collateral damage because she'll just run out into the street scared. She won't. You're right. Okay, so you were sitting with some ladies last night. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Anyway, and I was like, maybe this was too real. Basically, the woman was like talking about how she's like, my husband and I are like thinking about trying to have a baby. And like, I want a kid, but then I'm like, my life is so good and it's so easy. And like, we just like smoke weed and watch Netflix and like love each other. And I was like, hey, I want to say something to you. Real talk. I don't know what your life has been like before this. And if it's been real fucking hard and you would like it to just be kind of like what it is right now, very easy. And like you smoke weed and you wake up when you want and you go on vacation, you have extra money and all those things. Don't have a kid. Don't do it. Right. Just don't do it. Enjoy and know that the reason why you're choosing this is because you want the eat this ease. Having a child and then having another kid, both of those things exponentially increase a lot of like a lot of difficulty and stress and right. in many different ways on your relationships, on money, on your own personal like idea of self, all of these things. Yeah. However, 
And then I said to her, and the other, and the other thing I would say is that there is a piece of you that you will, you don't know. You just don't know until you're a parent. And that's okay for some people to like, I'm, I'm very, very like some people don't need to have kids. It is a different piece, I think, of a person that like, the, a joy that you, like, a love that's a different kind of a love yeah, than I've ever had for anyone or animal in my life than I have for those kids, the kids. Right. right. And I'm sorry, like, if that's a thing that for people who've made the choice not to have children, if that's a thing that, like, bums them out to hear. Yeah. But it's true. And also, I am in full support if you're, like you know what? Having one kid has been t- challenging and a, and I don't want to have that other kid. That being said, having another kid changes in the same way as having the first kid changes your heart. Like, yeah. it's like magnificent in so many ways that you're like, I didn't even know this was possible. And also, will it ever be over? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's like, it's... yeah. All I'm saying, I'm just saying, yeah, there's no easy answer. Only you can answer it. Right. I will say like from my own experience, one thing great about a second kid is that we were so much more relaxed and confident in what we were doing. So even though it was a lot of work. You know my million dollar idea. How to raise your, it's the, it's the parenting book called how to raise your second child first. There you go. But I can't, there's, it's not teachable. (laughs) It's true. It's not possible. It's true. And then also as an only child, like I think that only childhood can be great for some people. In my case, it wasn't great. I was kind of just on my own. I was like, both of my parents were out of the house working. Um, It was a different time, but there was no plan for like what to do with the only child that they had. And so I just want to make sure if you decide to just stick with one, that, like, you're very thoughtful about the way that their time is used and where they are and whether they're, you know, maybe lonely or if they're being, like, exposed enough to other people. So it's a lot to consider. But but ultimately, only you can prevent forest fires. <laughs> <sighs> and also, you don't know the kind of kid you're going to get. You never you know? know the kind of kid you're going to get. You just don't know whether, no matter what order they're born in. So, like, you could have... But you know because you've an- already had one... Right. ...that you're gonna, that no matter what, you love that kid. Right. No More and than anything. Enough to consider having another one and then... But you just don't know what you're going to get. Like, it could be an easy baby. It could be... A tough baby. You just don't know. So, you know. Anyway, Lauren, good luck to you. Good luck to you. What you decide. Ooh, 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 Helix. Helix. You know I love you, Helix. You know it. Listen, traveling's been hard for me. I, I, It has. It has. And the biggest reason why is is mattresses i'm telling you guys if you have issues sleeping or you're like i'm just up and down all night do me a favor just take this sleep quiz go take the helix sleep quiz you're gonna be matched with a mattress 
that they've got all different kinds of mattresses at Helix. They've got tw- the lineup is 20 unique mattresses, including the award-winning Lux collection, the newly released Helix Elite collection. They've got a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and even they have a kid's mattress now. So you're going to find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. Your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door free of charge. There's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's just a fact. And that's why they offer, Helix offers a 100-night trial and a 10 to 15-year warranty, which is incredible. Everyone's unique. Everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has different mattress models to choose from. And if your spine needs a little extra TLC, they got you. Every Helix mattress has a hybrid design combining individually wrapped steel coils in the base with premium foam layers on the top. It's the perfect combo for comfort and support. It is the best mattress I've ever slept on. The setup was fast and easy, and you don't need to take my word for it. Casey also loves her Helix, but it's also been awarded the number one mattress pick by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Helix is offering 25% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners in honor of Labor Day. Go to helixsleep.com best and use code helixpartner25. This is the best offer anywhere, it's not going to last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Listen, you know how I feel about gummy vitamins. Uh, It's basically, you know, it's candy in disguise. And I didn't know that when I was a new mom, guys, I made lots of mistakes. We all make lots of mistakes. I'm not I'm not you know what I'm done feeling bad about it. It is what it is. My kids got cavities. I've moved on. And then I found Haya. Thank goodness. Because that's why Haya was created. It's a pediatrician approved, super powered, chewable vitamin. Most children's vitamins are filled with at least five grams of sugar and lots of gummy junk and other things. Haya is made with zero sugar, zero gummy junk. Yet it really tastes great. It's perfect for picky eaters. It fills in the most common gaps in modern children's diets to provide a full body nourishment that our kids need with a very yummy taste that they love. Formulated with the help of nutritional experts, Haya is pressed with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables, then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals, including vitamins D, B12, C, zinc, folate, and many others to help support immunity, energy, brain function, mood, concentration, teeth, bones, and more. If you're like me and you have a picky eater in your home, let me tell you something. You want to add a little supplement in there. You want to add Haya. It's non-GMO, vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, nut-free, and everything else you can imagine. It's also designed for kids of all ages. I eat them. Sent straight to your door. Parents can have one less thing to worry about. And like I said, like Cricket is definitely a kid that has some gaps (laughs) in her diet. And I feel good, especially with the school year starting soon, to know that we've got a product that is going to fill in those gaps and is good and that she will eat like she'll take, you know, because it tastes good. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. Receive 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, you must go to HayaHealth.com. 
com slash busy. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash busy and get your kids the full body nourishment that they need to grow into healthy adults. We love you, Haya Health. Um, Dal has a really deep question for us, okay. which is, what do you do with your longing to desire, to be desired, to have safety, comfort, etc.? I've been married for 16 years and put a lot into it, but every once in a while, a person blows through my life who awakens an old longing and a young desire. And it's such a source of life force when you've been in the same routine for decades. I think it's kind of important and vital to my human experience, but also I've never acted on these things because I value my commitment. Just interested to hear you guys on this topic that a lot of us, midlife women experience? I mean, guys, I don't know. I got divorced. (laughs) (laughs) Don't ask me. She says the shorter version is, so you flirt. How do you feel about flirting? Oh, flirting's great. Everybody loves flirting. Flirting's great. It's great for like the flirter. It's great for the recipient of the flirting. Um... I always appreciate when someone bothers to flirt with me. Uh, My husband is delightful about it. I think he enjoys seeing people flirt with me because, like, it says, like, yeah, I'm with this person. You made the right choice. Yeah. Worthy of of your extra attention or whatever. Um, That being said, he's also really respectful and... uh, isn't like going around acting like a, a creep um, to to other women when we're out. Um, so I don't know. I don't know how that all works. How we balance that. But um, yeah, I think like desire is such a strong <laughs> a strong word. But I guess for me, I think like it's fun to flirt. I don't take it seriously, and I never considered that it would go any farther than just the flirting. But also, like, I do flirt with my husband, and he flirts with me a lot. And um, and I think there was a time when we weren't doing that, and I think that was a time where I kind of, you know, it, during any any time where you're sort of just like going through the motions in a marriage, I think the times when we weren't connecting in that way and saying like, hey, you know, you're great and I think you're hot and I think you're funny. There's no better flirting to me than someone laughing when I make a joke and nobody laughs harder at my jokes than my husband. And I just, I super appreciate that. And like, that's where... I'm like, yeah, I still got it. You know, talking about life force, like that gives me a little life force. So I deeply appreciate that. And also my husband makes me laugh really hard too. Um, That being said, like I also like to laugh at other people sometimes, you know? All right. And the final thing I'm going to say is this. I think that women of our gen narration have a lot of shame tied to desire. And I would offer that you can release yourself of that shame. And in fact, if you introduce it into your long-term marriage and your relationship, you might be very into what happens next. 
think that's really good advice. So, okay. Fun. <laughs> it seems right, like the police t- activity is over, so. The, oh, the police activity is over? That's good. Yeah. Okay, here's from Tanya. I think this is a long question, but I think our answer is going to be kind of quick. Tanya says, I have been struggling with life and work for a while now. Every day I listen to some of the podcasts on my way home from work while sobbing, crawling out of my skin, and trying to find comfort in something. My job wants you to live at work even though you are salary. They also want you to be on call 24-7 with no extra pay and around for emergencies on your day off. I mean, Tanya... It's hot labor summer. <laughs> yeah, the, I, I don't know why we're still talking. Have you not quit yet? <laughs> it, I'm I mean, actually so confused. Tanya, <laughs> get the fuck out. Listen, and I know, I know she says that with a great deal of privilege, but, um, but I said to a very close friend of ours not too long ago, life is too short to cry at your job consistently. Right. And... I stand by those words and I have the dream job. I get it. But if I were ever on a television show, I'm telling you, even if I was making fucking a million dollars an episode or whatever, if it was making me miserable and like someone was, and it was working me to my bone and like my bone, is that an expression? I don't know. (laughs) But it was like making me miserable and I like couldn't stop crying at the job. What I would... I would leave it. I would leave it. I would leave it. Life's too short. Life's too short. Yeah. Tanya has aspirations of publishing poetry books. I'm going to be honest, Tanya. I Real talk, real talk. Not to discourage you. There are very few people that make a living as like best-selling poets. Um, But again, like similar to the art talk that we had earlier, like, that's not why you write poetry, you know? No, uh, no. To, to make a million dollars or to make a living from it. You and write by the way, poetry. I, you, can, you definitely are going to do that. You can self-publish. You can make books. You can, like, get yes. included in the anthologies and all that can exist alongside whatever job it is that you end up having. But yeah. you're not... You got to get the fuck out, girl. Yeah, I'm you like, can't... If, if something makes we're you not cry here for every it. day, it's no, just not we're done. worth it. We're done. It's not worth it. If this ain't high school, you're not trapped. <laughs> All right. Jen wants to know, how do you deal with imposter syndrome? How do you quiet the side of your brain that tells you that you're a fraud? Um, for me, I know that I'm an imposter. You know what I mean? Like, I'm an imposter until I'm an expert. Whenever I start something new, I have to, like Busy said, fake it till I make it. I don't really fake it. I usually think there's a lot of power in telling someone. I actually don't know how to do that or I don't know all about what you're talking about. So can you explain it to me? And like, let's let's be in this together. I think there's a lot of power in admitting in a situation that you have to be caught up to speed. Um, that being said, also, everyone else is an imposter too. Everyone else is exactly like me. They don't know what they're doing either, unless they do. And if they know what they're doing, ask them to share their knowledge with you and really... Be grateful for their time if they're willing to do it and learn it and become good at it. Everyone's an imposter until they're not. And everybody, when they're starting out at something, is starting out. And so you're just the same. You're on the same ground as everyone else. And 
If you see that someone has expertise, then great. Then they're not an imposter. They absolutely know what they're doing. And then it's time to see what you can learn from them. That's it. I don't know if I talked a little bit about that concert I went to last week. I went to see a band. I went to see a band play last week. Um, okay. My friend and yours, Sam, Gries- Sam Griezmann. Oh, yeah, Sam, hi. Um, and we went to see this band called Saturn play. I'm obsessed with Saturn. They're incredible. And uh, the lead singer toward the end of the set was just like, this might be my favorite show that I've ever played. It was so beautiful. The music was incredible. And then they were like, I want to give a shout out to like all of our friends who showed back up here tonight um, and all of our families. Actually, like my cousin, I think, is here. I I don't know if she made it, but um, shout out to my cousin. And this girl next to me was like, ah, oh my God. It was her, obviously. And then after after the show, the lights come up. It was beautiful. The ending was even more beautiful than the rest of the thing. I was crying. Um, Sam and I started talking to the cousin and her husband and lots of coincidences. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And she was like, I actually, we moved here. Like, I feel like really right before you did to New York, like I, you know, I know who you are and I like, oh, wow whatever, you know, was like kind of follow it. Like our, when you moved here, I was like, oh yeah, we, and it, and I listened to your podcast in the early days. And like, it seems like, by the way, this gets to the, this gets to the question. Just, you <laughs> have to like, guys, I have to give you the backstory in order for you to understand this. Okay. Sure. But she's like, <clears throat> and I was listening to your podcast like early on and it feels like we lived in the same neighborhood in LA. I think, I think we did. And then she tells me where she lived and I was like, Oh yeah, no, we did live in the same neighborhood. And then I was describing to she's like, I don't what house was yours, whatever, what blah 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 blah. <clears throat> and so then I ask what she does. And Sam was like talking to the husband and uh, the husband's friend. I ask her what she does, and she's like, Oh, I I mean it's I, I work for an agency, like an an ad agency. And I was like, Oh. Okay, yeah. I mean, I'm basically in advertising. Um, I'm like, what agency? And she tells me the agency. And I was like, yeah, 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 I know who they are. She's like, how do you know who they are? And I was like, oh, well, it's just my best friend since I was five has like worked in advertising and that's not what she does now, but blah, 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 blah. Da, yeah. da, 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 da. She worked under Emily Beebe. Oh. At the last agency that BB worked at before she moved to Emerson Collective, which is where she is now. So she was like on this team for this project. I knew what she was talking about, right? Yeah. But then she started talking about what Emily was like at work. <laughs> and she was like, oh, I mean, Emily's so smart. My God, she's like, yeah, really, I'm really good at her job. And like, really, like she was always like, I I remember I was like, you know, younger and I was on the, this teams, which like was like, yeah, whatever, work stuff, guys. I don't know. Um, And I remember thinking like, oh, that's how you want to be. Like, you want to be like that. You want to be like her. Yeah. And so anyway, we, 
the end of the conversation as we follow each other on Instagram now. Anyway, um, I was recounting this to Emily and I thought, oh my God, how amazing. Rarely do you get to hear through someone that not only are you not an imposter, you're like what other people are looking up to. Right. As they like try to figure out how not to be an imposter. And I just said to Emily, like, (laughs) I hope this makes you feel great because that is like how a person saw you at your job. And she knew like, she had like very specific things that I was like, oh yeah, that's that's Emily. And we don't get that, right? Like rarely do our best friends get to like run into someone who worked with us 15 years ago when she had just graduated from college and was like, oh my God, I want to be that girl when I grow up. Right. But fucking mark my words. There is somebody looking at you saying like, I want to be that girl when I grow up in seven years. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's so great. I love that. I know. I loved it too. So... Abandon it. Abandon the idea that you're anything less than fucking rad. And if you are needing a thing, look look at like a rad lady a little bit ahead of you and just be like, that's, I'm going to, I want to be like that. And yeah. again, you know. Yeah. And before you know it, you'll be that lady. You'll be that lady. And also, like, you're there. You know what I mean? Like, again, like, the same person that was talking about wanting to be psyched up for for situations where they felt like they weren't enough. You're there. You're already, you're in. So just take your place. in the room. Take your place, and and you deserve to be there and do your thing because they're lucky to have you. All right. Okay. This is a good question, Busy. It's anonymous, which I can understand. Okay. This person says, I've been married for two years and I'm having a rough time with my mother-in-law. She makes digs at me. We were in New Orleans recently for my brother-in-law's wedding. My mother-in-law had the most awkward conversation where she went on and on about how much she weighed at her wedding and how over the years, if she strayed too far from that weight, she would correct it with a stricter diet. She goes on to say to me that she thought that I was smaller when I first met her and that I was heavier at my wedding. Like a lot of us gained some weight during COVID and I'm about 25 pounds heavier than when I first met my mother-in-law. Long story short, any advice on dealing with someone who you can't really opt out from seeing, but need some better ways to shut down the conversation? That's a hard one, right? Because it's your mother-in-law. You don't like, listen, I have a list of things I want you to to tell this bitch, right? But you can't because it's your mother-in-law. One thing I would like to say is like, I'm wishing that maybe your husband would be seeing some of this and maybe talking to his mom about how, hey, <laughs> my wife's weight uh, is not a topic of conversation. My wife's body is not a topic of conversation. It Nobody's body should be a topic of conversation at all, but it seems like you're focusing on her and that isn't it, mom. But like, honestly, what I want for you is to like guzzle your whole entire drink and be like, I don't know how much I weigh, but your son can't stop fucking me. <laughs> Guys, I would like to thank our sponsors for this episode. I want to thank Casey for being here. I want to thank the viewers. The viewers who tune in week after week. 
<laughs> to catch a glimpse of greatness like that. <laughs> Casey, I mean it, and I speak for all of our listeners when I say you're my fucking hero. That is the greatest. <laughs> Couldn't write that line. I want that line. I want her to do it now. Now I need her to do it. (sighs) It's hard though. It's hard. And it, and I'm sure a lot of you listening are like maybe your mother-in-law, sometimes like mom-in-laws, moms, they say shit like that. And they even like couch it in a way like it's, like it's not even insulting, like they're concerned or like they're just noticing or whatever, but it's just like, yeah, I mean, it's 2023. We just don't do this anymore. So like maybe, you know, you, I don't know if you feel comfortable saying to her, like, well, I don't really talk about body stuff because it's like, it's not the most important thing Mm -hmm. about me. Um, You know, so... If it's cool with you, I really only talk about body stuff with my doctor. Uh, Not even if it's cool with you. (laughs) I talk about body stuff with my doctor. I don't talk about it with my mother-in-law. You know, I don't... It's a really hard one, but uh, it it also really sucks. Like, I can't imagine having my mother-in-law bring up my weight in front of, like, a family gathering. I want to just first say, I'm sorry, that's trash. That was like such fucking trash behavior, and I'm sorry. And also, you know this, I know this, our viewers know this. That is 100% about her and 0% about you. And so in that way, because this is your husband's mother, you know, it is 100% about her and 0% about you. And like, try to holds compassion for the very damaged person that she must be. Yeah. And then um, say the thing about fucking her son. (laughs) (laughs) That Casey said. (laughs) I have to say, I love these questions. Can this just be the podcast? This is so much fun. (laughs) Can we change the podcast now? Listen. Instead of being about what you're doing your best at, it can just be advice questions. Yeah, we, do we can still do, do it though. What are you doing your best at? What am I doing my best at? Um, yeah. Oh, okay. Here's the thing that I did um, yesterday. You know, we have the swim spot, and I told you like last week that I've been really going out and like getting in the water and exercising every day and that that's like a great thing. It's something that I struggle with, like wanting to do that or making time to do that. Um, And when we had the swim spot installed, when they craned it over my house, like they did to your air conditioner, um, we had to build like stairs to be able to get up into it. It's like five and a half feet tall. So we built stairs that went into the hot tub part and stairs that went into the swimming pool part. And they're great. They're, you know, they're not like uh, the best carpentry in the world, but we did a good job. But yesterday, a long time ago, my son Eli bought a can of black stain to stain the wood parts so it would match the metal parts that came already painted black. And it's been a long time. And so yesterday I finally got out. That's not true. I didn't get out the can of stain. I asked my husband to get the can of stain because it's in the garage that's full of Eli's vintage furniture finds. And so I don't go in there because it fills me with anxiety. But anyway, 
my husband got the stain out for me. And that's the kind of thing that normally would have sat around for a week or so, a couple weeks. But the very next day, I cracked open the can. I went outside. I only painted one of the staircases. And it's not a good job. It's very messy. I spilled stain on the patio. But I did it. And, like, it was it was a little bit... It was hard. Like, I, I was rolling around on the ground trying to get to the parts that I had to paint. It was a lot. It's normally the kind of thing that I would try to farm out to somebody else. But I was just like... I should do this. Like everybody, everybody in my house has a lot going on. My husband's trying to put that bathroom back together still. So that's what I did my best at. I painted one of the staircases. I'm impressed. (laughs) I'm impressed. You did it. I'm covered with, I have like my hands are black still, you know, my manicure is wrecked, but I feel proud of myself. What are you you doing your best at? Uh, Holding perspective. Okay. Big picture. Perspective. Whole picture. I don't know. That kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Is is it hard? Yes, it is. <laughs> um, no, but it's been okay. It's actually been okay. Like some things, like Bernie's, you know, we leave in a few days. And um, last night I had plans and Bernie in the middle of the day was like, I wish you couldn't, I wish you could stay home with me tonight and not go out. And I was like, I don't have to go to my plans. <laughs> I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Like I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll stay home with you. That's yeah. really sweet. I would like that. And, um, I don't know. I just like, I'm trying to have perspective on the next bit of time. I don't know. I just don't know what it'll be. But I'm happy to spend all the time with my kid that I can right now. That's great. And, you know, I mean, now I'm going to try to say this not sounding like a cunt because I don't mean it like a cunt. But just practicing perspective is good. It's like a great exercise. You know, it's so important right now. But like those perspective muscles that you're building in this really crucial time will work so well for you for like a million other situations where in the past you haven't had perspective, you know, but now you have to, you don't have a choice. I don't have a choice. I know. So. Well, I'm going to go. Guys, the helicopters are here for me. (laughs) They came back. But we'll so talk stupid. to you. We'll talk to you but soon. We love and maybe you. we'll do another. We got so many questions. Like we didn't get through I'm not very kidding. many I want at it to all. To be like a monthly so. event. <laughs> so yeah. So we'll we'll keep going with the questions. But we'll talk to you really soon. Bye guys. We love you. Bye. Oh, no.